0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Business Builders Podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by ProFund. You know, it seems that everywhere I go, I'm finding people who are telling me the many ways ProFund is changing the way they sell. I mean, just this week, I had someone tell me how they're using ProFund's homeowner data to validate and qualify their paid leads. When they receive a lead from Angie, for example, they create a ProFund profile to verify the residence and make sure the name on the lead matches the name of the property owner. This helps them obviously avoid wasting their salesperson's time, and it also gives them the ammunition they need to get their money back from the sources who sold it. Look, it should be obvious that I'm a huge fan of all the ProFund has to offer, but don't take my word for it. Go to ProFund.net and see for yourself. You've got nothing to lose, but you have so much to gain. ProFund has already changed the game for so many contractors, and I know they can do the same for you. So go to ProFund.net and check it out. So. Look, I'm going to assume that you've probably heard me say that sales are made emotionally and they're justified logically. And this is something I learned from Jeffrey Gittimer. And if I'm being honest, this very simple quote has probably had the most profound effect on me as a salesperson. I've never actually given much thought to building an emotional connection with the prospect. I mean, my sales approach was always focused on me getting to know the prospect and trying to build rapport and trust to the point where they're okay with me asking them personal questions. It was always my belief that if they trusted me, they'd be more honest with me, which paved the way for me to ask a shitload of questions that helped me figure out how to sell them. If you think about it, My approach was much more about me building a connection with the prospect so that I could ask them more questions. And as much as I might brag about me being a great salesperson, I'd be lying if I told you that my sales results came easy because they didn't. And it was never easy because I was always focused on what I needed to do to sell the prospect, and I wasn't focused enough on what the prospect needed to be able to buy from me. When I thought about the Gittermer quote, It forced me to recognize how much easier it would have been if I'd focused on building an emotional connection that compelled the prospect to really want to do business with me. I mean, if you think about it, the way we make buying decisions, I mean, they almost always start with the heart and then they shift to the brain. I mean, we might say, I love that car. What's the payment? Or I love that home. What's the mortgage? We don't ever love what the mortgage is and then ask about the house. I mean, it almost always starts with the heart wanting something, and then the brain uses logic to justify the decision to buy it. Neuroscientists have actually done studies with people whose brains were damaged in the area of the brain that generates emotions, and they found that those people were incapable of making decisions. These were well-educated, very smart people who struggled to make even the most basic decision because the brain couldn't tell them how they felt about it. Now, I've had some salespeople argue that they're not emotional decision makers. They talk about how their decisions are more rational and logical based on research and the process of weighing the pros and the cons. But according to Harvard Business Professor Gerald Zaltman, who authored the book How Customers Think, the research shows that we often reach a conclusion based on an intuitive, emotional response and then back up that decision with logic. And it's the logical justification that sticks in our head. Now, I don't know of anyone who wants to be seen as irrational or illogical, so the brain protects us on a subconscious level by using logic to justify the emotional decision. I mean, maybe this goes back 2,500 years when the ancient Greek philosopher Plato told us that emotions are inferior. I mean, Plato believed and taught that emotions are primitive and disruptive to the normal and optimal functions of the mind. In other words, he taught us that man is rational, and it's our emotions that interfere with our rational decisions. And this creates another challenge for salespeople because when we think of ourselves, we quickly identify with our conscious, rational mind. We see ourselves as rational and logical and subsequently attempt to sell the prospect as if they're rational too. And I believe this is the reason I sold the way I did. I could never imagine a serious homeowner basing their $18,000 decisions on emotion because emotional decisions are irrational and they're irresponsible. But look, in recent years, psychologists and behavioral economists have shown us that our emotional decisions are neither irrational nor irresponsible. In fact, we now understand that our unconscious decisions follow a logic of their own based on a mental process system that is capable of effortlessly processing millions of bits of data without getting overwhelmed. Our conscious mind, on the other hand, is easily overwhelmed because it can only process three or four new pieces of information at a time due to the limitations of our working memory. In 1994, famed neuroscientist Antonio Damasio conducted something called the Iowa Gambling Task Study where subjects were given an imaginary budget and four stacks of cards. The objective of the game was to win as much money as possible, and to do so, subjects were instructed to draw cards from any of the four decks. The subjects were not aware that the decks were carefully prepared. Two of the decks were low risk decks that resulted in more consistent wins, and the other two decks were much higher risk that yielded higher payouts, but they had much stiffer penalties. The logical choice was to avoid the dangerous decks, and after about 50 cards, the participants did stop drawing from the high-risk decks, but they couldn't explain why until almost 30 cards later. What's even more interesting is the fact that researchers tracked the subject's anxiety and found that people started to become nervous when reaching for the risky deck after drawing only about 10 cards. What this tells us is that our intuition is fast. Subjects knew on the 10th card which decks were risky. They stopped pulling from those decks on the 50th card, and they could not provide a logical reason for the change until the 80th card. The logical side of the brain is slow and needed to catch up to what the emotional side of the brain was telling it. Look, I know some of you may argue this as you sift through your recent decisions and struggle to find any of them that were emotional, but that's because your conscious mind lies to you and makes up reasons to justify our unconscious emotional decisions. I mentioned earlier about neuroscientists doing studies with those who had damage to the side of the brain that processes emotion, right? Well, when Harvard business professor Gerald Zaltman authored his book, he conducted a study on people who suffered from epilepsy and had the left and right hemispheres of their brains severed to prevent seizures. During this study, scientists were able to deliver a message to the right side of the brain telling the subject to go to the water fountain down the hall and get a drink. After receiving this message in their brain, the subject would get up and start to leave the room, and that's when the scientist would deliver a message to the opposite left side of the brain asking, Where are you going? Now, you've got to remember that the left side of the brain never saw the message about getting a drink. But when asked, Where are you going? the left brain didn't admit it didn't know the answer. It caused the subject to fabricate a rational reason by saying, it's cold in here. I'm going to go get my jacket. So, look, I know I've thrown a lot of research and referenced several different studies to help prove the point that emotions play a huge role in decision making. But the bottom line is this you need to approach every prospect with the goal of helping them build an emotional connection to you. This starts with you investing time with the prospect to build rapport and develop some trust. You must take some time to get to know them and being genuinely interested in them as people. If you're successful, the prospect will subconsciously make an emotional decision to want to buy from you, and they'll then use the rest of the sales process to build on that emotional decision. Think about what I teach when I walk you through the sales process. I've mentioned more than once that sales is nothing more than a series of definable and repeatable steps. It's a progression of milestones that builds an emotional connection and eliminates every objection other than price. The progression of milestones speak directly to the need commitment, the company commitment, and the product commitment we secure as we move through the process. These commitments are building on the prospect's emotional connection with you. Look, if the process starts by you building a personal connection with the prospect and them thinking, I like you, I'd like to work with you, the emotional connection builds when you secure the need commitment. This is a sign that the prospect is emotionally connected to their problem and there's some urgency for them to solve it. Now, when you secure the company commitment, the prospect is telling you that they're emotionally connected to your company and they're comfortable with the idea of working with you. And when you secure the product commitment, the prospect is telling you that they're emotionally connected to the products you're using and all of the choices that they've made. By securing these commitments, you're engaging the prospect's heart in a way that prompts them to tell you that they want to do the work, they really like your company, and they really like the products you're using. And if you think about it, the reasons why they feel this way are all emotional reasons. People aren't going to trust your company to do the work because it's the logical thing to do. They trust your company because their heart or maybe it's their gut or maybe it's their intuition that's telling them they should trust you. And these are all emotional. But as strong as the emotional connection might be, we've got to remember that it's easy for the subconscious mind to make that decision. But just like with the Iowa gambling task, the logical reasoning is slow and will need to catch up. This is why I believe people will try to stall you with think about it and shop around objections. They know what they want but the logical side of the brain is slow to help them justify their decision. The emotional side of the brain makes them really want to move forward, but the brain says, not so fast, and attempts to stall as it looks for a logical reason to justify that decision. And this is why I encourage you to not overcomplicate the prospect's attempts to stall by offering long, drawn-out explanations of all the reasons why they should move forward the prospect raises an objection and the salesperson jumps back into selling mode by offering a long list of the logical reasons they should buy. This is a bad idea because as we've already discussed, this overwhelms the logical side of the brain that can only process three or four pieces of new information at a time. As a rule, I'd always suggest you talk to them about their feelings, saying things like, how does this feel to you? Or, based on all that we've talked about, do you feel like we're the contractor you'd like to work with? Even when they tell you your price is higher than the other guys, don't go back into selling mode and start telling all the logical reasons you're worth the extra cost. The prospect says, well, your price is $2,000 higher than the other. And you respond, speaking to the logical side of the brain by saying, well, we are certified. We've been in business for 25 years and we've got 500 five-star reviews on Google. Don't do this. Look, when they say, well, you know, your price is $2,000 higher than the others, respond to the emotional side of their brain by saying, I'm sure we are, but if you were to set the estimates side by side and they were all the exact same price, I mean, who do you feel would be the best choice for the project? When you use the word feel as opposed to asking them what they think, you cause them to reference the emotional side of the brain, which has already decided to work with you. When they respond, telling you they feel like you're the best choice for the project, Ask them to tell you the reasons why they feel that way. This exchange will cause the prospect to hear themselves tell you all the reasons they'd prefer to work with you. And when they do this, they're convincing themselves of their decision to work with you, and they're also giving the logical side of their brain some time to play catch-up. So here's a few things that I would suggest to help you build an emotional connection. Number one, take a genuine interest in your prospect, giving them an opportunity to talk about themselves. When building rapport, talk about recreation, occupation, family, and possessions. But be careful not to talk about you and your interests. Don't start petting the dog and start talking about your dog, for example. It's always got to be about them. Number two, ask them powerful, emotionally engaging questions that pull them into the sales discussion. Too many salespeople ask questions that only speak to the project. Questions about shingle style, color, timeline, and budget are good questions, but they're not emotionally engaging questions. You want to make sure you get to their heart by asking them about their wants, their needs, their fears, and their concerns. These are the essential questions that draw out the emotion and shine a bright light on the things that you need to address during your company's story presentation. You might ask them, what concerns do you have about starting a project like this? Or you can ask, what is the most important thing to you when handling this project? These are the questions that get to their heart, and your ability to satisfy those needs or remove those concerns will get them emotionally connected to you. Number three, when telling your company's story, try to avoid using the words we, me, I, or us. These are words that point to you, and you need to use words that point to your prospect. When you're describing the experience or how you do things, draw the prospect into the discussion by saying things like, you will see, you will enjoy, or you're really going to love. These phrases will help them better connect the what you do to the way they will feel about it. Number four, introduce them to the team. As a salesperson, the promises you make are only as good as the people who deliver on those promises, so I'd suggest you introduce the prospect to those people. Show them pictures of the business owner, the project manager, or the office administrator, and discuss the many things that they'll do for the prospect and how much the prospect is going to enjoy working with them. Number five, make it personal. And making it personal speaks to two things. The first asks you to tap into your personal why story and share with the prospect the emotional reasons you work for the company you represent. You might say, for example, you know, I could work for any company I'd like, but I prefer to work for this one because I live in the community and I don't ever want to feel like I need to hide from my clients. I know when people choose my company, they're making the best possible decision, and I also know they're going to have a great experience, and I'm not sure I could say that about anybody else. This type of statement engages the emotional side of the prospect's brain because it highlights the emotional reasons you work for the company. Making it personal also speaks to the prospect and the things that are important to them. When you're petting the dog, for example, ask them how they think the dog is going to handle four to five guys walking and banging on the roof for six hours. (laughs) You know, I'd actually suggest that you ask the dog and then pivot to the prospect. I mean, you might say something like, Hey, buddy. Yeah, you're a good boy. How are you going to feel about my team banging on the roof for six hours? and then look up at the prospect and say, have you considered that? I mean, some dogs get really anxious. If they have school-aged children, for example, talk about how the project manager is going to make sure the kids have a safe path to catch the school bus in the morning. These are the types of things the prospect isn't thinking about, and you letting them know that you're sensitive to those things will go a long way in them building an emotional connection to you. Number six, give them options. When you move into the product presentation stage, you need to give them options because options empower people. As the prospect chooses a better shingle style, a better package, or a better warranty, they become emotionally connected to those choices. And this is another area where Profund can help you win the sale. The ProFund Property Report provides third-party verifications of the weather and the code data, which allows you to better justify the reason your prospect may want to consider other options. Rather than me saying, you know, I think you should go with a better underlayment, for example, I can point to the ProFund Property Report and say, Mr. Prospect, based on your home's weather history, I'm going to suggest we consider some options that help provide some better protection. Wouldn't you agree? The ProFund Property Report also provides local code data, which gives you the ability to highlight the minimum acceptable standard and then offer options that go above and beyond to protect their home from ProFund's weather insights. Regardless, providing options and empowering your prospect with choice builds an emotional connection to the project and puts you in a much better position to win the sale. Number 7. Tell More Stories It's been my experience that salespeople don't tell enough stories, and this is a huge mistake. Telling a good story can form a positive emotional association with you and your company. The emotions you evoke with your stories go a long way in defining how people perceive you, creating a stronger connection to your prospect's mind. When you share ratings and reviews with your prospect, be prepared to tell them a personal story about one of your favorite clients, and don't be afraid to talk about the project that went bad. Telling a story about something going wrong and how you made the client happy in the end will let the prospect know that you're human but always focused on the best interest of your clients. You know, Before we wrap up, I want to talk about overcoming the common objections we hear. Salespeople always want me to talk about how to overcome objections, and I always tell them overcoming objections has less to do with how you respond to the objection and has everything to do with what was discussed leading up to the objection. I say this because your response to the objection will not accomplish anything unless the prospect really wants to do business with you. I could provide you with a handful of responses to the think about it and shop around objections. I could tell you a dozen different ways to answer the price or the deductible objections, but none of them will accomplish anything unless you've established an emotional connection that compels the customer to really want to do business with you. So it's my very strong recommendation that you stop looking for the easy button that gets you past the objection and start focusing on building a genuine connection that compels the prospect to really want to work with you. People may not always remember the logical arguments about why they should choose your company, but they will always remember how they felt while interacting with you. And that's what you need to focus on. Thanks for listening. This Business Builders podcast was brought to you by ProFund. More than just a means to offer financing, ProFund is a powerful sales closing tool that puts contractors in the best position to win the sale. So go to ProFund.net to learn more about the many ways ProFund can help you boost your sales and your profits. Thanks for listening.